Your Locked On Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to your Friday episode of Locked On Canucks. Thank you for making Locked On Canucks your first listen of the day, albeit a little late in, in the day today, On of course. And uh, we are free and available on all platforms. Uh, today, we're going to be talking a little bit about the Canucks-Flyers game yesterday uh, and setting up the Canucks-Oilers game over the weekend. Um, and look, the Canucks are having a it's been a it's been a mixed bag to say the least. This last week in particular has been um, it has been the it has been the kind of week that can really uh, challenge your um expectations of a team i of course said at the beginning of the year that i felt the canucks are in the division that they're playing in are good enough to potentially finish second in the pacific um but right now i am not seeing those kinds of results on the ice and i don't think a lot of people are either they're coming off a 2-1 loss to the flyers uh yet another game where the canucks offense just completely uh craps the bed let's call it like let's call it like it is they they, they were not good enough. They were not, again, another case of the Canucks not being good enough and not playing up to their standard. And that's kind of the biggest, the most frustrating thing about all this. And uh, especially as somebody personally who who, sh- who went to the game. Um, I, I went to the game. I got a free ticket uh, for the game. I am uh, currently wearing uh, my new favorite t-shirt, which if you're watching the YouTube version, you can kind of see behind uh, the microphone in my, the microphone here, uh, the a Canucks comic book uh cover uh t-shirt uh to match their uh new amazing uh intro that we talked about earlier this week um i was at the so i was at this game as a you know technically as a paying customer of course as somebody you know not doing media but also i had but of course again i got in the ticket from a friend uh so uh it was it was one of those kinds of games where i was going into it you know where i'm not necessarily um uh, like worried about my the 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 my uh my, the value i'm getting for my ticket but for the rest of the building the people who were there who had paid for a ticket to be there i have to imagine they walked out disappointed and felt like they did not get their money's worth in that game for a variety of reasons um first of which being the fact that look the canucks did again didn't play well enough the shots on goal might tell you a pretty decent story like 28 to 28 both teams finishing with the same amount of uh, opportunities, but the two one that two one score your your is the two one Flyers win is not a case of say the Canucks playing great defense. It's not a case of them. Uh, yeah, it's not a case of a necessarily a red hot goaltender. Yaro Halak in net he played uh, he played admirably. A very shaky start, letting in the very first goal of the game. But we're going to talk about why that's not really his fault uh, in a second. But uh, overall, by the by the end of the game, he was completely holding the minute. He was he very much gave them an opportunity to win that game, uh, but the offense sputtered. They couldn't do anything, and it wasn't for a case of the Flyers being too good in their own end. The Canucks just could not make anything happen. They were getting some chances, uh, but they weren't getting nearly enough. And again, the Flyers were not playing necessarily great. Like they weren't playing this incredible game that um, you can't that can't be beat by any stretch. And they're a team coming off of their, off of a, off of having played the very the night before 
against the Edmonton Oilers and winning that game, winning that game um, against a much tougher Oilers team uh, with McDavid, Dreisaitl, um, Zach Hyman. Um, they're coming and they're coming in tired. They're going to be gassed. They're coming in from a different time zone. Everything they've been on the road for a while, and they're playing their backup goaltender in Martin Jones, notoriously uh, a notor- goaltender who notoriously has had hit a bit of a hit a bit of a slump in San Jose. Um, and and the Canucks the Canucks had every opportunity to win that game. They the the Flyers score the opening goal. And this is where I get to bring in my own uh, my own personal uh, uh, w- viewing experience from the game. I was watching. I had a pretty good seat. I was sitting uh, on the end of the in the end zone, uh, right behind Jones for two periods. So the Canucks were shooting on my end twice. And I remember watching the opening face, like the I guess the second face off of the game, like fifteen seconds after the game starts, or like five seconds after the game starts, the puck goes into the glass. Uh, they restart from center and do it again. Uh, the Canucks get entry into the zone, and they dump the puck in, and immediately everything goes wrong. Because you see, specifically, it starts with Tyler Myers. We're looking at a defense that's not playing their best players, like or not necessarily playing you know, their strongest lineup uh, with Jack Rathbone uh, healthy scratched, uh, instead opting to go with Brad Hunt and Kyle Burrows. Uh, instead of him and of course and the potentially injured Tucker Pullman, Tucker Pullman, uh, who has also not been very good at all to start the year, and Tyler Myers, the veteran defenseman, makes a massive error, makes a completely unnecessary and unforced error. He pinches, he pinches uh, as the puck is coming to the boards, and with no with nobody around uh, the the flyer who has the puck. I believe it's uh, Claude Giroux, if I remember correctly, and. Yeah, there's nobody. There's nobody there, but there are two flyers uh, skating up towards the blue, back towards the blue line. Uh, Myers pinches, and the puck immediately go. And Giroux immediately flips the puck to Travis Konechny, who starts streaking. And suddenly, it's a two on one uh, with Oliver Ekman Larson, the only defenseman back. Bo Horvat trying to chase to get back in time to Sean Couturier. Uh, OEL does, I guess, what is the best possible thing he can do in that case uh, to prevent a breakaway where he he attacks the puck carrier in Konechny, but that leaves Couturier uh, wide open for the pass, and he just drills it past Yaro Halak, who has to slide across and just can't get... Uh, and it's a little bit of a, a shot that he probably could have, but at the same time, it's definitely... Yeah, it's a shot that Halak could have, for sure. But at the same time, that play does not happen if Tyler Myers does the responsible thing and does not pinch on that play. There is... No reason for him to make that play. Absolutely zero reason. And he makes the lowest IQ decision to to attack the puck carrier with no backup available to him. Nobody who can take his spot on the the blue line. Because that's the key, right? When you're a defenseman, if you're going to pinch, you have to be sure, either 100% sure you're going to get the puck, or you have to make sure that there is a player available to take your a forward available to move up and take your spot on the blue line in case it goes wrong. Tyler Myers does neither makes neither of those checks and balances, and it immediately costs them and puts them in a hole thirty seconds into the game, and it's completely his fault. It's completely his fault. And when you're and when you're hurting as much as you are on that right side for solid, stable defense, 
you need Tyler Myers to be able to do that. And he did not. He immediately proved why he can't be trusted on that. And from there, the Canucks just kind of, it, it, it took the starch out of the game. It completely took any sort of, I think, energy the Canucks might have had. But even still, they got the tying goal. Quinn Hughes with a good shot through that beats Jones. It looks like it's going to end up being like a, a high scoring game. <laughs> I was saying to to the friend to my friend uh, who uh, I was go- who I was there with. I was like, this game's going to end up like nine to eight. Uh, it it spoiler alert. It really didn't. It and uh, you know it's the same things that have been haunting the Canucks all year. Coming to to roost. This has been the one thing that the Canucks can. I guess if you want to look at like a bright side take out of it, they're not making a lot of new mistakes per se, which is, I guess, a win here. But the problem is that the mistakes that they've been making all season, they can't shake. The power, the penalty kill being one of them. They can't buy, they cannot buy a solid kill on the power play. They had one good PK kill that I actually quite liked where they were passing the puck around, killing a lot of clock. Um, and they looked pretty good on that. But overall, I'm watching them during the during penalty kills and just seeing them still sit still, stand still. They're not moving, they're not attacking the care uh, the puck carrier, they're not trying to force a path, uh, a path, uh, a quick pass that goes wrong. They're not doing enough. They're very much just trying to stand there and be a wall, and it's not working. It isn't working for them at all because they're exposing a bunch of holes and a bunch of shots and passing lanes that if they're playing a more fluid defense uh, on those penalty kills, they would be covering up. They'd be they'd be sealing those cracks in the in the armor. And sure enough, as soon as Quinn Hughes goes to the box for he had a bit of a tough night as well. Quinn Hughes in terms of uh, the penalties and discipline. Um it immediately cost them with James Van Riemsdyk being left wide open in front of Yarrow Halak, and he uh, and he and he puts it in past Sean Couturier. Or Sean Couturier is the one who feeds them the pass from the corner, uh, and he's just wide open. It's just a tap in for him at that point. And I'm look at and I'm watching the Canucks for the rest of the game. I'm thinking, okay, they're not that far behind. This is a game that you can get. This is a game that is very winnable, much like the Minnesota game. It's totally winnable. They just have to get pucks on net, which I know is a cliche. I don't know. It's also a pod. It's also another podcast in Vancouver, uh, include um, two of their hosts of which I, uh, I got to, I got to say hello to last night. Uh, shout out to Arash and Ryan. Um, but they, the Canucks do not get enough. Just like, again, har- like garbage goal shots on net. They're a team that often looks far too much for the perfect, for the perfect shot. The one that would potentially end up on like the NHL top 10 or like the sports center top 10 at the end of the night kind of thing. They never seem to be able to find those like, I guess, the dirty goals. The ones that are just, it's a hard shot right into the, right into the, uh, into the, into the goalies pads, kicks out a rebound. They just hack and they just hack and whack at the puck until it, until it eventually uh, trickles in. They have not been able to get a lot of goals like that. It's always a it's always a clean shot. It's almost always a clean shot or a deflection through a sea of skates kind of thing. They're not getting enough of those shots in close of those second, third chances in close. And and I think and it's costing them. They're getting opportunities. Like they're getting their they're getting some shots. They're hitting the post a lot. There are a couple of plays where best where Brock Besser in particular, he had some very good looks in that game. It was one of the, the I think the best Canuck forwards in that game. He got a few good clean looks. He was making things happen. He was playing. He was playing with confidence. That was a guy playing with confidence. And even still, he just not could. He could not buy a goal. 
He had a he had one that I think beat Jones pretty cleanly and just hit the corner of the post and the crossbar and it just stayed out. And that was a tough and that was a tough break for him. We're going to talk a little bit more about the Canucks Flyers game in a second, but first I need to talk to you about our about our sponsor today, Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and they have so many delicious flavors for you to try. If you haven't talked to any Built Bar fans recently, they are passionate about their favorites, including Cherry Barcia, Orange, Cookies and Cream, and Salted Caramel. And if you haven't tried all their flavors, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of their nine flavors. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too, ranging from only four to five grams of sugar per bar and only four to five grams of net carbs per bar. They're all amazing flavors, they're all tasty, and they're all healthy for you. I'm somebody that snacks quite a bit during the day. I know Built Bar is helpful for making sure that I'm not packing in too much sugar into my diet, especially as somebody who eats probably a little more sugar than he should. Um, order today, and you can even get their grasshopper cookie flavor. Just by going to built.com and using the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off of your order. That's promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-15 for 15% off at built.com. One last thing we should talk about uh, before we call it on this on the Flyers segment of today's show is, uh, again, it's Elias Pettersson. It has been a really tough year. Uh, a tough start to the year for Elias Pettersson. There's no doubt about it. And last night, I got a a fur like a, a a front row seat to a guy who is playing very frustrated. And it's hard to watch because you can see you can see obviously what kind of talent Elias Pettersson has whenever he has the puck. You can see the kind of capabilities he has and what kind and the skill on display. And for whatever reason, it just, it just, it just, it's not, he just can't get it, the finish. He can't get the finish. Last night, I saw an improvement from him in terms of him getting the passes off, or sorry, getting the shots off. Um, in, because, you know, there's been a lot of hesitation on his part in recent games uh, to, to take the final shot, especially on like the power play and whatnot. But last night, I was seeing him actually get his chances. There were a couple times where I think he whiffed on a couple or he whiffed on a couple shots and it was just like, oh, if he's playing with a little more confidence, he's he's getting he gets there. And there was the opportunities were just not it, it the the opportunities he were getting were just not the kind that you're used to seeing him kind of whiff on or, or struggle with. And it was a little and it was hard to watch at times. And um in particular late in the game, uh I remember watching on the power play, he he uh, had a missed opportunity uh, in the third period. Uh, the Flyers are skate the fly. Uh, Sean Couturier is skating the puck back uh, towards the Canucks zone to try and kill whatever's to try and kill more time on the on the power play for Vancouver. And Pedersen gets there and he grabs him. He like full on grabs him. I see it coming from a mile away. I'm literally in my seat going, nope, no, 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 let go, let go. I'm like yelling at him from the from the glass. I'm like, I can see the penalty coming. Sure enough, the referee and referee's arm goes up and you know the there and that's it. Power play gone. Power play killed. Uh it, for, and going to four on four. And that was a play in particular where uh, that Elias Patterson only makes because he's frustrated. That is the very much the that is the type of penalty a frustrated hockey player takes. It's the kind you see from say like Connor McDavid last year. There was the one 
there was the one play where you just saw him, where a guy who's normally a pretty clean hockey player el- just straight on uh, puts his elbow into a guy's helmet, into a guy's head. Uh, and I, I believe it was a Winnipeg Jet player. He just elbowed in the head mid-game, um, normally, which again, normally is not Connor McDavid's thing to do. And that was because he was frustrated with a lack of calls. He was frustrated with whatever else was going on at the time. And for Pedersen, it's a bit of a different story. This is a guy who's frustrated because he can't just can't seem to buy the points that he normally is capable of. And it's not a case of him not trying. It's not a case of it's not a case of him suddenly not being good anymore. It's a case of for whatever reason, he is having just a hard time and he's in his own head a little bit. There's a little bit, it's a, it's a, he's in his own head and the chances he's getting for some reason, they're just not hitting the way that they normally do. And it all comes out at that end there, right? In that third period with that one mistake of a penalty on Sean Couturier. And I, I, I don't, it's one of those cases where again, I don't know what to really say to really say about it. Right. It's, it's not like he's, it's not like he's, playing particularly poorly like again I'm not seeing him make a lot of mistakes necessarily it's not like he's costing the team goals against by any stretch he's had a couple sure he's had a couple games where his line has been getting hemmed in their own zone for long periods of time but I'm not like actively seeing him make egregious errors that end up winding up in the back of the net it's very much a case of with a player as good as he is where you're kind of like I don't know what to tell you I don't know what to what is going to fix this other than, say, that first goal going in. Sometimes that's really all it is. Sometimes it really is just about getting the monkey off your back, getting the one shot to go in, no matter how, no matter how, like, how lousy a goal it is, even if it's just, a, again, you whacking in a rebound after somebody else has shot. Like, sometimes that's just enough to kind of go, okay, the pressure's off. I have a point. And then you're able to play with a little bit less, less of that pressure on top of you. Um, you hope Pedersen's able to find it quick. Cause again, the Canucks are, the, the Canucks offense is sputtering quite a bit and that goes for everybody. That's not just a case of, of Pedersen. It's not solely him. It's not solely on him. Every, basically every player on the ice with the exception of maybe a few guys like Connor Garland, uh, Bo Horvat, Tanner Pearson and Quinn Hughes are kind of like, are struggling to make um to make any sort of um play of make any sort of plays happen and right now it's and right now I don't really know what to tell the Canucks in that case because there's not really there's no magic recipe really to this it's not like they it, they're very much clearly capable of much more and you hope that they're able to find it sooner rather than later because you know in this league you dig yourself into a hole it's very hard to get back out of it so yeah, and with and with about I believe five more games left on this homestand, there's lots of time for you to build up a whole bunch of points into the your uh, into the lead, into a lead, and it's just a matter of finding ways to build that confidence back and get back to playing the hockey that you're capable of. We're going to talk a little bit about the and preview the Canucks Oilers game tomorrow tomorrow night, but first a little word from BetOnline.ag. We're back in better than ever, a new web interface for the start of the basketball season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head over to their new 
updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus. That's five zero on your first deposit. Just use our promo code locked on to receive your bonus from basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. And finally, we finish up with a little bit about Canucks Oilers. I think we've, you know, we previewed quite a bit, uh, obviously, of what the Canucks need to do to win against any team, uh, Edmonton in particular, um, of late, but. I do think we need to specifically, we need to talk a little bit about the discrepancies between these two teams right now, because look, the Canucks have played, the Canucks have played eight games. The Oilers have played six. The, the, despite having played two more games, the Canucks are, are two wins behind Edmonton. Edmonton is five and one. The Canucks are three, four and one. It has gone South very quick for Vancouver. And you look at the, I mean, maybe this is an unfair comparison, but I'm looking at the, you know, the the leaders, like the team leaders in certain point in goal totals and whatnot. Uh, for for, and obviously the Canucks are very much a team that is much more of a scoring by committee group than the Edmonton Oilers are. But I'm just looking at the fact of right now, uh, Connor Garland has the most points on the Canucks with five, and the and Connor McDavid leads the Oilers in points with thirteen. <laughs> And again, Connor McDavid is clearly the best hockey player in the world. This is very clearly an unfair comparison here. But God, I'm just looking at the fact of like even Ryan, like Ryan Nugent Hopkins uh, has nine assists. The Canucks leader is JT Miller with four. It's the kind of case where the Canucks just are going to be going up against a team that is, despite having lost their last game also to the Flyers, they're coming in riding as high confidence-wise as they possibly can. This Oilers team has not been this good in a very, very, very long time. This is an actual playoff potential cup contender, uh, depending on how how good their goaltending stays uh, for the rest of the year. This is a real legitimate Stanley Cup contender, quite possibly, uh, bar uh, if they continue, at least if they continue on this trend that they're on. Uh, and again, with the Oilers, it's entirely possible that it falls apart in seconds flat. But for now, they're doing pretty darn well. Uh, as I think we say, basically every time the Canucks play the Oilers, there is one key to winning. There is one key to beating the Oilers. And that is you have to, have to, have to stay out of the penalty box. You cannot take penalties against the Oilers. They have the best power play in the league. For very obvious reasons, when you have when you have the opportunity to put Drysidle, McDavid, Hyman, Nugent Hopkins, and Tyson Berry all on one unit, it is absolute murderer's row. You can't do. You cannot get sit, take penalties, and sit get caught sitting in the box at any point during this game. If the Canucks need to play as disciplined a hockey game as they've ever played against this team. It is going to be their key to success if they want to win. Obviously, they need uh, another stellar performance, probably from Thatcher Demko, who's going to likely start that game. Um, and they need to be able to, uh, again, find their confidence in their forwards. Their forwards need to find the ability to score uh, at the rate that we know that they're absolutely capable of. You just 
hope that they can find that success now because again the, the the later into the season you get the harder it is to build that confidence back i think the canucks are capable of it i don't think that they're um i don't i think their odds on winning are better than people would uh, would imagine i think they i think the opportunity is there to surprise some people including themselves they just need to find the confidence find the ability to play the team game that they're that they're most capable of and using that to their advantage against a very top-heavy Oilers team. And with that, this episode of Locked on Canucks comes to a close. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to uh, check out uh, for your second listen of the day, Locked on Fantasy Hockey. The host Scott Cullen leans on his decades of hockey, uh, fantasy hockey insight and experience every day to help you be the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available on all f- platforms. My name is Lachlan Irvin. You can follow me on Twitter at Lock the Crease. You can also check out my writing work at CanucksArmy.com. And you can check out my other podcast, The Crease Cast, which I host with Cody Sievertson uh, every Monday and Thursday. With that in mind, thank you so much for listening. And we'll be back on Monday with a brand new episode for you. Enjoy your weekend.